1 Corinthians 15, verses 1 and 2. Now, brothers and sisters, I want to remind you of the gospel I preached to you, which you received and on which you have taken your stand. By this gospel you were saved, if you hold firmly to the word I preached to you, otherwise you have believed in vain. The gospel stands alone for all who will its glory hear. The victory of our Lord shall call the Without Jesus, you take away the most important thing. Without Jesus, our preaching, it's pointless. Without Jesus, our trust in God is worth nothing. And without Jesus, we're liars. Without Jesus, our faith is useless. Without Jesus, we are still in our sins. Without Jesus, the dead in Christ are lost. And without Jesus, we are the most pitiful of people. Without Jesus, the Christians that have been risking death throughout the centuries, it was without a cause. And without Jesus, the Christians who have been attacked by wild beasts throughout the centuries as well have gained nothing. And without Jesus, you could just say, let us eat and drink, for tomorrow we die. Now, all of those statements, especially together, they might sound pretty harsh, but, you know, actually they come from the pages of the Bible. In the book of 1 Corinthians chapter 15, we get this kind of explanation. It's, it can be very confusing, and I hope that people don't already just end the video right there because you're missing so much about what is truly um, here in this message about life without Jesus. Now, specifically, I've phrased this just a little different than the way that Paul does, but we'll get to that in, in just a moment. But in 1 Corinthians 15, Paul lists one thing right after another about what our life would be like without Jesus. You know, if he didn't really exist, if, if he isn't real, then all those things that I stated are true. 
By the way, I'm just going to go ahead and run through that list uh, very quickly again. Uh, the most important thing is taken away, 1 Corinthians 15, verse 3. Each of these are going to be in 1 Corinthians 15. In verse 14, we find out our preaching is pointless. In verse 14, we also find out that our trust in God is worth nothing. In verse 15, we, fa- we find that we are liars. Verse 17, our faith is useless. We're still in our sins. Verse 18, the dead in Christ are lost. Verse 19, we are the most pitiful of people. Verse 30, It mentions about Christians who were risking death throughout the centuries. They've died without cause. In verse 32, we find out the phrases that the Christians who've been attacked by wild beasts, specifically Paul himself, they gain nothing. And the phrase, let us eat and drink for tomorrow we die. All of those are connected with if Jesus didn't really rise from the dead without Jesus, without that part of the gospel. So let's look at 1 Corinthians 15 and work our way throughout this, this passage. And let's see what the Apostle Paul actually says about these things. In 1 Corinthians 15, verses 1 through 4, he starts off, and this is probably pretty well known uh, for for us all, and uh, I will also tell you that that some parts of this chapter uh, we might not go into great detail about because in the upcoming weeks I plan on on us looking at at the matters of uh, what I I will just kind of call right now as life and death uh, and immortality. That's kind of this working thing that I've been going with. So if I overlook some of the things that are connected with life, just recognize we're going to be going over some of those. So we're going to go back to this chapter uh, in the upcoming weeks too. This this one you'll be quite familiar with. In 1 Corinthians 15 verses 1 through 4, uh, we get a wonderful definition, kind of explanation of the gospel. And Jesus is most certainly at the center of it. In 1 Corinthians 15, 1 through 4, Now, brothers and sisters, I want to remind you of the gospel that I preached to you, which you received and on which you have taken your stand. By this gospel you are saved, if you hold firmly to the word I preached to you. Otherwise you have believed in vain. For what I received I pass on to you as of first importance, that Christ died for our sins according to the scriptures, that he was buried, and that he raised on the third day according to the scriptures. Now, you see in verse 3, I said that the most important thing without Jesus Uh, The most important thing is taken away. Well, verse 3 right here, it says, uh, what I received, I pass on to you as a first importance. That's because this gospel message, this that's at the heart of what Jesus did, what he came here to do, everything about Jesus' life, it's right here as a first importance. We cannot just overlook this message. We cannot overlook the the message of Jesus and how he is at the heart of the scriptures. I want to, to read to you a quote that, uh, that, that I've, I've heard several times, but I uh, just kind of wrote it down and I wanted to share it with you. It's from um, a book called Surprised by Hope uh, by a man by the name of N.T. Wright, or uh, people know him as Tom Wright. Uh, but he makes this statement. He says, take Christmas away, and in biblical terms, you lose two chapters at the front of Matthew and Luke, nothing else. Take Easter away, and you don't have a New Testament. You don't have a Christianity. As Paul says, you are still in your sins. And what he means by those things, what he means by Christmas, he's talking about, you know, the birth of Jesus. The the story about the birth of Jesus, you just miss a couple of chapters. But if you were talking about Easter being the resurrection of Jesus, if you take that away, you take away so much, which is at the heart of what everything that we do as Christians is centered on. And that's what the Apostle Paul gets into here in this chapter in 1 Corinthians 15. So let's kind of um, skip around a little bit in this in this chapter and let's notice these, these statements that are made. Uh, all of them, pretty much all of them, are going to be stated kind of in the negative. And that's why this can be confusing because it, it's beautiful if you recognize the importance of Jesus. But when you take Jesus out of the equation, 
you're left with nothing good. And that's why several of these things we're looking at, it's going to be negative. It's going to be some bad things. In 1 Corinthians 15, we're going to look at verses 12 through 19. Uh, Paul, I know we're kind of jumping into to some of this chapter, but I believe it'll make sense. He says, But if it is preached that Christ has been raised from the dead, how can some of you say that there is no resurrection of the dead? If there is no resurrection of the dead, then not even Christ has been raised. And if Christ has not been raised, our preaching is useless, and so is your faith. More than that, we are found to be false witnesses about God, for we have testified about God that he raised Christ from the dead. But he did not raise him if, in fact, the dead are not raised. For if the dead are not raised, then Christ has not been raised either. And if Christ has not been raised, your faith is futile. You are still in your sins. Then those who also have fallen asleep in Christ are lost. If only for this life we have hope in Christ, we are of all people most to be pitied. Now, this is where I get several of the, the phrases that I used earlier on. We see in verse 14 that Paul tells us that our preaching is useless. I said preaching is pointless. But that's given to us in verse 14. And he says, and so is your faith. I mean, think about that. Let that sink in. It's one thing if, if a preacher is reading this passage and recognizes, oh, everything that I proclaim, it just becomes useless. But, you know, it's, it's even broader than that. It's not just about a preacher proclaiming some message. It's also about every single Christian proclaiming this message. And if this message is not even true, our preaching, it's useless. It doesn't have a use to it. Our faith, what is with our faith? If Christ has not been raised up from the dead, if you take Jesus out, verse 14 says that you also are removing our faith. Our faith becomes useless. Verse 15, we, it, he says we are found to be false witnesses about God. Well, the reason why he says that is because if we're proclaiming and, you know, always mentioning this statement that, well, Christ has, has been raised from the dead. Well, if he hasn't been raised from the dead, we're liars. We're false witnesses. We're not true to um, what, what is truth. But here we know that Jesus did rise from the dead. Jesus does exist. And because of that, we're not false witnesses. But if this message that we hold at the heart of the gospel would be false, then yeah, we would be false witnesses. We also see in verse 17, he says, your faith is futile. Well, your faith would be you know without a point. He's already kind of said the same type of thing in verse 14. But now he says it even beyond that and lets you realize, look, if, if Christ hasn't raised from the dead, if, if you take out Jesus or without Jesus, you're still in your sins. Why would he say that? Because the only way that our sins are taken away is because um, uh, the, the one who knew no sin became sin for us so that we can be called the righteousness of God. That's what Jesus did. You take away Jesus, you take away the fact that he provided a way for us to be saved from our sins. We also find out in verse 18, those Christians who have already uh, passed away, well, guess what? They would be lost if you don't have Jesus. And in verse 19, he simply says, we are of all people most to be pitied. We are the most pitiful of people without Jesus. Now let's fast forward to verses 30 through 34. And Paul says, and as for us, why do we endanger ourselves every hour? I face death every day. Yes, just as surely as I boast about you in Christ Jesus our Lord. If I fought wild beasts in Ephesus with no more than human hopes, what have I gained? If the dead are not raised, let us eat and drink, for tomorrow we die. Do not be misled. Bad company corrupts good character. Come back to your senses as you ought and stop sinning, 
For there are some who are ignorant of God, and I say this to your shame. He mentions some of the same things that I've, I've mentioned here. And uh, we see in, in verse 30 uh, that uh, the Christians who have risked their, their lives throughout the centuries, it, what, what was the point of it? You know, it was without a cause. In verse 32, another statement that he makes right here is about fighting wild beasts. What have you gained in that? And then he says, look, if the dead aren't raised, then why wouldn't we just live like, let us eat and drink for tomorrow we die? What, what is the point of all of this? If you take out Jesus, if we have been living a lie, well, you know, everything that he says, it sounds bad because guess what? That is the life that you live without Jesus. It, it is bad, especially if you're kind of going through the motions that we as Christians, you know, proclaim these statements. However, that's not the end of the story because I skipped over a little bit. Verses 20 through 23, we see something that is so crucial to Paul's arguments. He says, But Christ has indeed been raised from the dead, the firstfruits of those who have fallen asleep. For since death came through a man, the resurrection of the dead comes also through a man. For as in Adam all die, so in Christ all will be made alive. But each in turn, Christ the firstfruits, then when he comes, those who belong to him. By the way, some of these, these verses right here, we're going to be coming back to whenever we speak of life and death. So I'm not going to get into great detail about all of those things necessarily, except for you can't just remove this section because this is the section that gives the whole chapter, everything that we've been looking for the first 30 verses of 1 Corinthians 15. If you take away these verses, especially verse 20, if you take that away, you've taken away the meaning behind everything that he says in this chapter because the whole point is, Paul knows Christ has indeed been raised from the dead, and the Corinthians should know that Christ has indeed been raised from the dead. And he's pointing out, when you try to take away Jesus from the equation, when you take away Jesus from the center of your life, what are you left with? It's not good. It never does look good. And this is the message that the Apostle, the Apostle Paul brings up right here in this chapter, speaking to us and letting us get a glimpse without Jesus... All of these negative things would be like what our life would be full of. But Christ has been raised from the dead. Christ Jesus is true. And because of that, all of these, these negative things we know are not true. In fact, the opposite of them is true. And that can strengthen our faith. It's been stated, you know, even some of the, uh, the earliest sermons that have been recorded uh, point out the need for Jesus and speak about his part in this story of God that is unfolding. In the book of Acts, in Acts chapter 3, we read of uh, one of the first miracles in the book of Acts. And this is one that is, is about, uh, it's coming from the church. It's not Jesus doing the miracles, but it's Jesus' followers, the apostles right here. And after they uh, perform this miracle, then it gives them an opportunity because, look, people are trying to figure out what all is going on right here. It gives them an opportunity to proclaim this message, and this is what they proclaim. In Acts chapter 3, verses 17 through 23. Now, fellow Israelites, I know that you acted in ignorance, as did your leaders. But this is how God fulfilled what he has foretold through all the prophets, saying that his Messiah would suffer. Repent then and turn to God, so that your sins may be wiped out, that times of refreshing may come from the Lord, and that he may send the Messiah, whom he has appointed for you, even Jesus. 
heaven must receive him until the time comes for God to restore everything, as he promised long ago through his holy prophets. For Moses said, the Lord your God will raise up for you uh, a prophet like me from among your people. You must listen to everything he tells you. Anyone who does not listen to him will be completely cut off from their people. This passage is, is telling us that, you know, without Jesus, um, you take away, verse 18, you take away all of this that, that God is, is fulfilling through what the prophets have been stating. The prophets have been proclaiming the time of Jesus. And without Jesus, what, what is the purpose of what all the prophets have been proclaiming? It only makes sense when you put Jesus at the center of it. Verse 22 also is quoting from the statements that are given uh, to, to Moses and that Moses proclaimed that you must listen to everything that the prophet who is going to be raised up like Moses is going to say. You must listen. And then in verse 23, anyone who does not listen to him will be completely cut off from their people. Guess what? That is part of the list of without Jesus. You would be cut off from their people. Now, Peter goes on and, and he uh, proclaims even a little bit more about this going into the next chapter as well. In Acts chapter 4, we read this, verses 8 through 12. Then Peter, filled with the Holy Spirit, said to them, Rulers and elders of the people, if we are being called to account today for an act of kindness shown to a man who was lame and are being asked how he was healed, then know this, you and all the people of Israel. It is by the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, whom you crucified, but whom God raised from the dead, that this man stands before you healed. Jesus is the stone you builders rejected, which has become the cornerstone. Salvation is found in no one else, for there is no other name under heaven given to mankind by which we must be saved. How would this passage read without Jesus? It is in the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth in, uh, that's stated here in verse 10 that this man was healed. Without Jesus, this man would not be whole at this time. Also, we see in verse 12 that salvation is found in no one else. That there's no other name other than the name of Jesus given to mankind by which we must be saved. Without Jesus, there would not be salvation. This is what Peter proclaims in the first uh, few chapters of the book of Acts. And Paul says some of the same types of things as well whenever he uh, speaks to uh, more people and, and other audiences in Acts chapter 14. In Acts chapter 14, he proclaims this message, verses 15 through 17. We too are only human like you. We are bringing you good news, telling you to turn from these worthless, thing, worthless things to the living God, who made the heavens and the earth and the sea and everything in them. In the past, he let all nations go their own way. Yet he has not left himself without testimony. He has shown kindness by giving you rain from heaven and crops in their seasons. He provides you with plenty of food and fills your hearts with joy. You notice this parts of the statements that are made right here in, in Acts 14. This is the good news. This is the gospel message. And this gospel message has always had a testimony. There has always been some way that has pointed to Jesus. We just have to have ears that will open up and listen to what the Spirit's been saying all along. And we can listen to this testimony and recognize Jesus Christ himself and how important he is to all of it. Now, I just have a few more thoughts I want to share with you. I want you to try to imagine with me, what would the gospel be without Jesus? Now, I think you've kind of caught on to this by, by this point, uh, but I want to read to you a very familiar passage uh, 
uh, from John's gospel that I believe is a pretty good summary of what the gospel is all about. John 3.16, but I'm going to keep reading the next couple of verses too because I think it gives us a more complete picture that we understand this gospel message. But listen to this and try to imagine it if you were to try to speak this message without Jesus. John 3.16-18 through 18. For God so loved the world that he gave his one and only Son, that whoever believes in him shall not perish but have eternal life. For God did not send his Son into the world to condemn the world, but to save the world through him. Whoever believes in him is not condemned, but whoever does not believe stands condemned already, because they have not believed in the name of God's one and only Son. As I stated before, John 3.16, I think, is a wonderful summary of the gospel message right here. But now I want you to imagine it. In fact, let's just kind of visually give you something. Let's take away, or at least I'm going to put it in, in a lettering that you can't see it as much on the screen. Everything, all these words that deal with Jesus. Just to try to imagine, without Jesus, what would the gospel be like? What would you leave out of the gospel? John 3.16 would read something like this. For God so loved the world that he dot, dot, dot. You just don't have what he did. And then when you pick back up that whoever, and then you have the word perish. Because all of the rest of that deals with what comes through Jesus. So this whole passage right here, when you take away Jesus you are taking away the power of the gospel and you're left with some message that, yeah, God loved the world, but what did he do? Ultimately, it just ended in perish. That's what you're left with. But look at these other verses, though, too, because I, I think it sheds light on, on uh, uh, this, this statement here and what it would be like without Jesus. So now if you look at verses 17 through 18 and you take out all the references about Jesus, you're left with this weird message. And yes, it's going to sound weird whenever I, I read it to you because you're missing so much and it doesn't even make complete sense. But this is kind of how it would read from John 3, 16 through 18. For God so loved the world that he dot dot dot, that whoever perish, for God did Condemn the world is what verse 17 would, would be left with. Without Jesus, it would state, for God did condemn the world. And verse 18 would read something about being condemned at the beginning. But whoever does not believe stands condemned already because they have not believed. I mean, this is what the gospel would be without Jesus. I hope that we can recognize the importance of Jesus and how Jesus needs to be at the center of the gospel that we proclaim. Jesus needs to be the center of our life, of our faith. Because without Jesus in our life, without Jesus in our faith, what's the point of, of any of this stuff? Of any of it? Go back once again and kind of read the, that opening passages that we looked at. And you see just how important it is about putting Jesus in our life at the center of everything that we do. Let's make sure that we always do that. Comfort me, O gentle Savior, hold me closer to thy breast, for I can't go on without thee. You're my guide and I'm your guest. Will I ever
Oh, so 